Hello, hello. Howdy ho, good neighbor. It's been two weeks, and we're back with the best podcast ever. We are back. People like our podcast, and that makes my heart happy. You know, I've heard good things. Everybody that listens is like, wow, you guys are awesome. I mean, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything that you don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, whoa, 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 hold on. First things first this week is everybody needs to wish Julia a happy, happy birthday. Thanks. She is turning the ripe age of, just kidding, you never tell a woman's age. <laughs> but if you follow her Instagram, you'll be able to figure it out. Oh, thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. Yeah, it was my birthday and it was fun. It was awesome. I tend to be a little bit birthday crazy where I have like really high expectations every year and then turn into a birthday monster. Um, if you've ever watched New Girl and the episode where it's her birthday, you'll understand. But this year was so relaxing and chill and I don't know. I just didn't have that anxiety that I have in past years. I just yesterday for my actual birthday it was a pretty low-key day I had training at my new job from like eight to five and we went out to dinner at one of my fave little spots and hung one out one of your favorite little spots it came, is your favorite little spot and I came home and gave myself a pedicure and it was just like a really relaxing day and then we had like a family party this past weekend and it was just really fun I feel like an adult it was a good time a bunch of family came over Everybody made a special gluten-free dish for Julia that she picked out, and there was tacos, which were bomb. There was enchiladas, which were bomb. There was these, like, flattened potato bites, which were bomb. There was even a bartender dressed very nicely, and he was super cute that night. He had a name tag and everything. He got $6 in tips and a gift card, but he made specialty drinks for the night, there was a blueberry smash, and what else? And a, like, lime mojito. Lime mojito. We had a real bar, and Eric bartended, and the drinks were really good. If you um, have Instagram, you should go follow Half Baked Harvest. It's my favorite, like, food blogger type thing. She has, like, an actual website, too. But she has the most amazing dishes. Her food photography is so good that you just want to, like, eat everything she posts, even if it's, like, ingredients that you don't like. She's just the best. She's the best around. She's the best in the biz. So Coolest we had in all the West. A half. What? <laughs> I was rhyming with your best. So we had a half baked harvest themed party, and I loved it. It was so me, and it was just it was awesome. Um, what was your favorite dish of the night? Your mom's barbecue chicken tacos. Oh, those were good. It was so good. I'm such a barbecue sauce lover. It's my favorite condiment. I feel like I put it on everything. And I have never, and I love tacos. Tacos are my favorite food. I was craving them super hard when I was pregnant, and I just like, I'm obsessed. I don't know. I just always, tacos are never a bad idea. I'm always in the mood for a taco. And so it was like combining my favorite things. It was like this chicken marinated in this barbecue sauce, and there was like this, oh, it was just so good. This like corn slaw stuff on top. It was amazing. And we also discovered something this week. Julia has always been into cooking. She's always found like solitaire. What's the word? Solitary? Solitary. What's the word? Solitude. Uh, solitude in Peace? cooking. Yes. And it calms her down. It helps her to relax. And it's just always been good for her. 
And we have recently discovered in the last couple of years that I get the same thing from baking. Yep. And Julia had two requests for her birthday. One of them was to go buy a gluten-free tiramisu from Whole Foods. Because they have it in the freezer section. Apparently not anymore. They used but to. They used to. And then she wanted me to make her a birthday cake with buttercream frosting, vanilla on the inside, and pretty, pretty sure I crushed it. And berries. Pretty sure I crushed it. And berries. Yeah, he did really good. Everyone loved the desserts. I ate that cake like nobody's business. I had three extra slices, and I ate them for three days in a row, and I'm really sad they're gone. And she wouldn't let me have any. It was kind of kind of crazy. It's my birthday cake. <laughs> but check this out. So Whole Foods was out of homemade tiramisu. So what did Daddy do? He made homemade tiramisu. He Never did. before made it. I made homemade ladyfingers. They were gluten-free. They were bomb. And then I loaded them up into the tiramisu, which... I never knew it was in tiramisu, but then I made it, and it's still delicious. Yeah. It's crazy. It was really good. I was a big fan. Um, I'm really sore right now. I'm, like, hurting just sitting here. Why are you sore? Um, probably one of... I mean, I have a lot of highs. We always do highs and lows at the beginning of the podcast just because it's fun, and it helps us to connect and whatnot but I have a lot of highs well my birthday party obviously so awesome my actual birthday so great but another high is I started a workout challenge it's a two-week workout challenge with my favorite workout instructor person app um blogilates she's a pilates cardio type instructor person I found her on youtube she has a ton of free videos she's been doing free videos on youtube for like eight years um her workouts are the best it's so cool because you don't have to wear shoes which honestly is probably the thing i love the most about the entire system it's like pilates so you just wear you have like bare feet super into that and um so anyways i have her app as well and she did a two-week workout challenge really babe Sorry, had a burp. <laughs> silent burping in the other... Oh, oh, you tried to blow it away, but it didn't work. I totally smelled that. Oh, well. Uh, the summer like prep workout challenge, and then it's two weeks. You work out every day, and there's a different video every day. It's like a 35-minute video, and it's been tough, like super tough. I went from working out maybe two or three times a week to every day and what's the hardest is monday through wednesday so three days in a row for both weeks this is the second week thankfully so i'm almost done but for monday through wednesday it's like heavy cardio leg days they don't like mix it up with an arm day they don't give you a break they're like three consecutively hard sweaty leg days so i i think i've done like a million squats in the last couple days my ass hurts my back hurts one million squats it's just been a lot but it makes you feel really accomplished it's my me time it's how i like take care of myself when life has felt really crazy and i'm enjoying it i'm super excited because i'm not one for like before and after pictures i kind of just think that your body looks how it looks and that that's perfectly fine But I did take, she encouraged you at the beginning of the challenge to take before pictures to see if there's any change at the end. And I was honestly just more intrigued than anything else, like a science experiment. I was like, I really don't think that my body could change. And I don't think a body can change that much in two weeks where you would like see it. Two weeks, even if you're working out hard, it's awesome. It's good for your heart. It's good for your body. But in terms of seeing results, I just was doubtful. So I'm very interested. I'm going to do a collage this weekend and see if there's any difference. I'm interested too. 
I've always heard that three weeks is when you can start to notice some change in yourself, and then six weeks is when other people can start to notice a change in you. So the fact that you've been busting your butt for two weeks, I'm really curious what uh, what you can I see. I really don't think it's going to be a lot, but we'll keep you updated. It's also cool to see because you're not a morning person. You never have been. You've always been like a night owl. But recently with your new job and with this workout challenge, you've gotten up at like 6 a.m. twice to mm-hmm. work out this week. And that's pretty crazy cool. Yeah. Who, who even am I? I don't know. And the weirdest part, you guys, is that not only have I been waking up early a couple days, which... I mean, that's doable, but I've been going to bed, like, early, and that's what's weird for me. I'm such a night owl, and I normally go to bed at midnight, like, every night, and I have been asleep by 10, which is wild. Wild and crazy. Um, let's see. What's your high, babe? Your birthday party. That was pretty cool. It was fun. Even though you worked it, you worked it good. I really enjoyed it. And we had friends who hung out around the fire for, like, hours afterwards. So Yeah, even... we were out back till 1 in the morning, which we haven't done in so long. It was just really... It was very fun, very needed, awesome. Um, What was your low from the past week? Because I know what mine was. You can go first. Oh, well, mine is going to lead into our topic, so... Mine was Livy choking. Oh, God. On a french fry. Oh, Jesus. It was our first experience with a baby choking, and it kind of freaked us out a little bit. She's kind of got, like, a blank look on her face, and she was a little bit panicked, and I had to reach my finger in and pull a french fry out of her throat. Oh, like, you said a you small, reach it. small little piece of a french fry. I thought you couldn't reach it. I got it out. Yeah, it was really stressful. We were at a restaurant, and she's been eating more and more solid foods, and doing good with it so we gave her a french fry to kind of munch on and she choked on it so felt like a failure there uh but she's alive and man i'll tell you baby's learning how to eat food i thought it was going to be like super cute and like such a good time it's one of the most stressful stages of parenting not only am i constantly worried that she's going to have an allergic reaction to something because it's almost like everything you're giving them is new There's not the comfort of, she's had this a million times. It's all new and it's all scary. I have like a fear of allergic reactions from having allergy issues myself. And so just having to monitor monitor her really closely and then the possibility of always choking or coughing or she like will just have a hard time swallowing. Like she's just learning how to eat and it's it's freaking tough, man. It's stressful. No one tells you all of the, like, stressors in the first year. I think if they did, you'd probably cry. Maybe. Yeah, that's why we're learning. We're working our way up and we're learning. And that's why I always say the second baby's easier because you've learned all the stuff after the first one. Yeah, and, like, you've kept the first one alive, hopefully, and so you have a little bit of confidence. A little bit, yep. We'll um, see. My low is, like, my mental breakdown, probably. That's a low. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, I really had a hard time last week randomly. I think part of it was because I was PMSing, and honestly, that always gets me. I Even before like becoming pregnant, just for the last few years, I really struggle when it's around that time of the month like emotionally. Um, I have talked to my doctor about having PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is where PMS affects you especially bad, like more than normal, where it can actually make you like depressed, suicidal. Um, I used to get panic attacks, just it's like extreme PMS. So 
um, haven't really dealt with it much since having her, but now that my periods are starting to get more regular again, I definitely am feeling it. So, um, I think that that was the problem. Um, but I just like felt like I hit a wall. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, I would start by kind of leading up to it. So you've been kind of a stay at home mom for the last month. The last month. Six months. The six weeks since or so. How long has it February. been? Since February. So like two months. Three, three months. Okay, let me rephrase that. You've been a stay-at-home mom for the last three months. You don't even know. Yeah, I left my old job. Didn't have to start my new job quite yet, so I had this interim time where I was like, "I'll be a stay-at-home mom. It's gonna be so great. I'll have time with Liv." And I mean, don't get me wrong, it was great, but it's a full-time job, and I just give props to the moms who are stay-at-home moms because it's freaking hard and I don't know I just it it's not great for my personality type I'm very like highly driven and need to have checklists and feel accomplished and feel like an adult and there was something so like mind-numbing like I said I love her and I'm amazed with stay-at-home moms but there was something very difficult about just playing with a baby all day Like, by the end of the day, I was just so drained, but you didn't really, it doesn't feel like you did that much. I don't know how to explain it, but it was not, not my gig, man. I think the biggest part of it is that you just don't get a break. So, you're caring for her all day, and then you're also caring for her all night. And there's not a lot of leaving the house right now. She's small. She's seven months old, so there's not, like, a ton you can do with her except play, like, little games or, you know, bang stuff around. So, it's not like you're going to the water park or something along those lines you know yeah so I think it all just kind of came to a head because I've been really discouraged for a while taking care of her and just feeling stuck and kind of lost like I'd lost my identity a little bit and um so last week last Wednesday I just kind of had a breakdown to Eric in the nursery and he was on his computer working and I just said I need to talk to you and I'm not usually very like emotional I don't cry a ton I normally get angry more than I get sad so I was just crying and said like I hate my life and that's not my usual vibe yeah you could tell you were just overwhelmed with a lot of stuff yeah, I just, the the day leading up to this, I just kept thinking in the back of my mind, like, throughout the day, like, I just hate my life, I hate my life, and I even had a couple times where I was like, and I hate my baby, and it's hard to even admit that, but it it's not true, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to admit that, and so that's what led me to say, I think I have postpartum depression, and that was hard to like even talk about being an option because I've tried so hard to be okay since she was born and I just felt like I just couldn't like pull myself up by my bootstraps anymore and it's just interesting because I felt myself having a harder time and struggling more at seven months postpartum than I was at two or three or four months postpartum um the last just maybe a month or two it was just kind of adding up of me feeling discouraged lost hopeless um tired 
and yeah I, all of that and I, I think a lot of it is that you just don't really have a lot of time to yourself anymore you don't have a um like taking care of yourself like part of the reason you're doing this workout challenge and why you've enjoyed it so much is because you're saying it's a a way of taking care of yourself and you haven't necessarily had that in the last seven months yeah because it's been so much taking care of a baby and you take the brunt of that because you're breastfeeding her and doing other stuff that as a man I can't necessarily do and something that I told Eric one of the hard things is with work if you had a job you know there's labor laws you can only work for eight hours a day if you work overtime you get paid you get breaks with momhood you don't get breaks you don't have a work limit as soon as you open your eyes in the morning you start a 12-hour shift and that was what was just killing me I was like I am never not a mom I'm never not with this baby I I just felt like my world was like crashing in and I had to realize that some of the things that I was thinking and saying weren't me they were my PMS they were postpartum depression it's it's things that like are not my normal self in that kind of helps with the shame of it because it does feel really shameful to say those things to think those things especially when you're like I should be grateful I have a healthy baby I have an awesome husband we have a house you know there's not that much that's actually wrong or bad in my life why do I feel so terrible and there's just so much guilt and shame that comes along when you feel like you should be that happy bubbly mom who sings songs all day and has endless energy I don't know if that mom even exists but in my head she does and she's a total bitch and you feel like you have to be that and I couldn't be that anymore um so once I kind of started to finally admit I think I might have a problem um I kind of started to see signs that had been popping up leading up to this time so like things like anger having a really short fuse getting frustrated really easily um, having bad like foggy brain where I just felt like I couldn't think uh, a lack of interest in anything wanting to escape all the time uh, whether it was with food or shopping or Netflix, just in little ways, just trying to create an hour of escaping um, my life. And, you know, that's, it's hard because when you think of depression, you think of, especially postpartum depression, you think of someone who wants to hurt themselves or hurt their baby or someone who cries all day. And that wasn't me. And so it was hard to admit that maybe I was struggling because you you're like taught and shown that it looks that depression looks different and when I started to see all the anger and the lack of interest and just the feeling kind of numb wanting to escape I realized that those are equally as valid symptoms but in your mind you just think oh well I don't want to hurt myself I don't want to hurt my baby so I guess I'm fine and it's like no I'm not fine and that's Something that I said uh, over and over to Eric on the floor when I was crying was just, I'm not fine. Like, I, I need help. Whether it's more babysitting or a doctor or medicine or therapy or more time with friends. Like, I just need help. Like, bring in all the reinforcements because I've been trying for too long to do it on my own and to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. That finally I wasn't fine. And like I said, there's just a lot of shame and guilt that comes in um, because you want to be the perfect mom. You want to have it all together. You want to be awesome all the time. 
and I just couldn't like hold it together anymore to be that that mom and I think sometimes it's it's hard to talk about when you're struggling with something it's hard to admit that you're struggling and half the battle is just talking about it it's bringing it up it's getting the courage to say hey I'm I'm struggling this is hard and talking about it breaks the ice it helps you to start to search for help or start to just realize maybe what's going on in your head and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast is because I mean we talk about everything here but you're only as sick as your secrets and secrets really do make you sick and I was just tired of struggling internally and just trying to pretend all the time like I wasn't so I'm just being very open and very honest and I think what's so hard too about depression and postpartum depression is some days I feel great some days I feel awesome um and then some days I have no energy and don't even want to like hold my baby I'm just too tired I'm too I get angry I have a short fuse like there's some really hard really bad days and then you're like wait maybe I'm not okay but yesterday I was okay so what's going on and it's hard. That's one of the reasons I almost even didn't want to record this podcast is because it's like, I, what do you title it? I have postpartum depression, I think, question mark, because there's still, <laughs> it's just, we're still figuring it out. It's confusing when you're not okay, but you don't really know what exactly is going on. And some days you are okay. And I think what made it even more convoluted and complicated was I reached out to my doctor, um, my lady doc to talk about things and went in and expected to have so much support because I know that postpartum depression is a big thing and they say that only 20% of moms with postpartum depression seek help and so they want you to seek help they applaud you when you do at least that's what I heard or expected I don't know but I went to go see my doctor and she just kind of looked at me and was like "Mm, you don't have postpartum depression and I was like uh what pretty sure I do and she was like yeah that's not possible you can only have postpartum depression in the first six weeks after giving birth and I was like okay well thank god I've researched and I am knowledgeable on my own because I know that's bs and I know that you can actually get postpartum up to eight months postpartum eight to twelve months it can sneak up on you and that it's actually pretty common when the baby starts moving more and it feels more overwhelming for moms to get postpartum like after six months like I know these things and so to have someone who's a medical doctor who you're supposed to trust look at me and just say "Mm, there's no way it's postpartum depression sorry and just kind of write it off was really hard and put even more shame uh onto the situation where I was like I guess I am fine. Like, why did I even seek help? This is stupid. I'm fine. Just be fine, Julia. Like, you're just a mom. It's just tiring. You're, it's just a depressing thing. Like, making these excuses, but motherhood isn't supposed to feel like torture. And it, it was just really hard. Thank God I have really good friends and a, and one good friend in particular who understands postpartum depression herself and was so supportive and was like, what is happening? She doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, Shout out to that friend. You have a right to get help. You have a right to feel how you're feeling. Um, it, it was just kind of a roadblock, I guess. It's just invalidating. Like you went there to seek help and you were basically told nothing's wrong. Yeah, and they make you take this little postpartum depression quiz where you have to say, like, I feel hopeless this amount of days. Do I want to hurt myself? There's just all these questions that you take. And 
Um, I scored, I think you can, I think it's like a 25 or a 30 is like, if you had full blown, that's like the highest you can get. And I scored like a 13 or a 15. And so she was kind of like, uh, you're kind of just in the middle. So it's not really like a thing. And I was like, who says that? Like, how can you look at a new mom who's been hiding symptoms for months of anger and feeling lethargic and wanting to escape and not having interest in my life anymore? How can you look at a mom with symptoms coming to you for help who's struggling and say, mm, you look fine? Yeah, I'm going to believe this edit. Um, so I'm still in the process. This I don't really have that many answers for you. I don't know. I'm still in the process of figuring out what is going to work for me and make me feel better. But for now, it's a combo of medication um, when I need it. And I'm in the process of getting back into therapy. Um, I stopped a few months ago, and I think that it would be so helpful to just have someone to process with and talk to about adult things and mom things and just life it life can be really overwhelming and I think having someone to talk to is amazing we've also been talking to each other more about it and being a little more open now that it's on the table so that helps um and then also there's like some other stressors that were building into everything too like you didn't know what your new job was going to look like you didn't know what to expect yeah it's a lot of life change um I feel like I'm starting this brand new career at 30 and I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's like a brand new field and a brand new department, a brand new company, and it's hard. It's not um, like objective kind of easy work. It's hard. It's policy and uh, benefits and <laughs> rules in California state regulations and binders and binders and binders. And it's really hard and so I think that there's a lot of just overwhelm right now in general but I want to be a good mom to Olivia and I don't want to feel like I'm a failure because I think one of I've talked about some of the symptoms that I've had with postpartum of you know like zoning out being angry lack of interest but honestly I think that the number one sign that I've been carrying on my back for probably a couple months is just feeling like a really shitty mom um just having so much mom shame and feeling like a terrible caretaker and like a terrible person like I'm doing a shit job and she deserves more than me and I've heard other women talk about that with their own postpartum depression but you're like oh no that wouldn't happen to me or or people talk about like mom guilt's normal or I don't know. I just I just don't want to feel like shit anymore. I want to know that Olivia's lucky to have me as a mom and I want to actually believe it and at this point I don't. I feel like I'm constantly failing her or messing up or not enough. Just not cutting it and that's really hard. I think about all the things I could be or should be or want to do differently and I don't know it's a lot of pressure to be perfect it is and nobody's perfect I mean I have the same feelings and postpartum is not just limited to a woman well men, I, men you can also. tell me that but it doesn't help it's not like you can just tell someone 
you're a great parent. Be fine. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah, true. You can't just, like, escape what? I, I was going on a different route and saying that men struggle with it, too. Go ahead. Because um, I've also had the same comparisons and thoughts of you're not doing enough and you can do more, and it's it's a struggle. It definitely is. I'm not saying it's definitely different than the stuff that you're going through but you know working a full-time job and everything and trying to help teach your baby new things and to be there enough and to make them laugh and all of that is it's a struggle for for us too I think I had this expectation that you're supposed to constantly be obsessed with your baby and I was about to text a friend this week about this exact thing actually and just say like I need to have an honest mom moment I'm not always obsessed with my baby, and I hope that doesn't make me a shit mom. There's this expectation that as a mom in this day and age that you're always above your baby, like cooing over them and laughing with them and giggling and just staring at them while they sleep. And like, yeah, I love her, and there's some really adorable moments, but I am not always obsessed with my baby. She's Sometimes she's just there. And that was making me feel so terrible. And then I had to think of the comparison of when Eric and I got married and I felt a lot of uh, pressure as a wife of what I thought wife should be or what I'd seen or expected and having to realize that that's not actually accurate. So it would be like if you said to a new wife, you have to be obsessed and in love with your husband 24-7. And it's like, that's just not how it is. And I remember the same thing happening after we got married feeling like do we love each other like did we make the right decision when there would be days where I wasn't obsessed with you or days where we were annoyed with each other or days where it was just kind of like we're just existing together in the same house that felt like a failure and I'm having the same thing happen now as a mom feeling like a failure for not being obsessed with her all the time um and another thing that's hard is asking for help is the solution a lot of the time but having help made me feel like a failure even more. I don't know what it is, but needing help made me feel like having someone else babysit her or needing someone to come over a couple days a week or needing a break. That's like a normal human thing. It would be like comparing it to the um, the marriage analogy. It would be like if someone said like, okay, well, you're married now and you guys have to be together 24-7. Like, don't go do things on your own, don't leave each other, like, be there all the time, that would be crazy, but for some reason, feeling like I needed help, or needed time away, or needed someone else to take care of my baby for a while, made me feel like a bad mom, and not being able to do it all by myself, makes me feel like a failure, which I know is crazy, but, um, I was even feeling that this week, now that I'm back at work, and we have some awesome help with Liv, during the day and I just realized why do I feel so terrible like I feel so guilty and so much shame and it's because I have this false narrative in my head that to be the perfect mom to be a good mom I have to do it all myself and that to give up any of that control or any of that time with my baby or any of that responsibility for raising her to someone else that makes me a failure and that makes me a terrible mom totally I'm feeling the same way this week and you just feel like you need to do more and you need to help more and you need to spend more time with your baby and I feel like there's this like as seen on tv mentality of like this perfect family that's 
always just madly in love and all, you know, googly eyes over each other and googly eyes over the baby and stuff, but there's no real realness to it. There's no struggle. There's no, I need to pay bills. I need to, you know, work a little harder this week or I'm stressed because work is hard. It's, it's all, everything's perfect all the time and it's this fake reality, but in real life, you do need help. You do need time to be with yourself you do need time to grow you need time to reflect you need time to just be or to struggle with yourself or to fight with yourself or your spouse or whatever like not everything's perfect but you know especially the this day in life you have facebook and instagram where everybody always just posts the best of everything yeah that it's hard not to compare and to live your struggle like everybody struggles everybody does it they just don't show it it's just crazy the amount of guilt I have the amount of guilt I have for trying to be my own person the amount of guilt I have for trying to be alone or be a better mom or put in more time and effort or be a better friend or a better spouse like mom guilt is real and it's everywhere that you turn it's there's something to feel like shit about um it's been it's been tough. I'm like reevaluating who I am. I mean, when your baby is born, you're being a mom and your new identity is born as well and I'm really trying to work that out, but it's hard when there's someone screaming and sucking on your tit 24/7 and you're also trying to navigate your own mental health and how your soul is doing. So, I think it just came to a head and I realized that I wasn't wasn't uh doing great and that I couldn't really pretend like I was anymore. I think that a big thing we're learning too is how to accept help. It's it's a struggle, and you know she's our baby. We should be able to do everything, and that's how I feel too. Especially like with, I birthed her, so it's my responsibility. It's no one else's job. They didn't ask for her. Yeah, and I I mean over the last couple of months I've been struggling with the same thing. Like I've been working full time the whole time, and it's there's always this struggle of. I shouldn't be working, I should be helping with the baby, or I should be spending more time with her, or I should be doing more, or I can't be tired after work because I need to now take care of the baby, or I need to do more stuff like this, like, there's always, there's a sense of failure for me too in this, that I'm not doing enough, or I'm not enough. Yeah, Eric brings up a good point that guys can definitely suffer from postpartum, um, it's not just a woman thing and I was talking to a counselor um well a psychologist and uh last week when I was kind of seeking out some help and she was setting me up with some stuff and um she said something helpful I was telling her that I was feeling frustrated because my doctor kind of wrote me off and said you know postpartum only happens six weeks after you're fine you know you can't have postpartum and I told her that I just felt completely unseen and misunderstood and that her information, you know, wasn't accurate. And she said, you know, there's a lot of things that it can be called. It can be postpartum depression. It can be postpartum adjustment disorder. It can be a mood disorder. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing okay, we believe you. And it doesn't matter what it's called. And that helped me a little bit. And it shows that with guys... They can struggle too. Postpartum adjustment disorder, mood disorders, trying to become a dad, exhaustion, guilt that you're not a good enough employee while you're dealing with guilt that you're also not a good enough parent. Um, there's just a lot. It can be called a lot of different names, but at the end of the day, if you say, I'm struggling, people should believe you and there's help. 
And like we talked about earlier, admitting it and talking about it is the first step into getting help. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got anything else on it? <laughs> no, I feel like I just threw up on everyone. Yeah. I really just want some ice cream. Ice cream's good. We got a lot of good ice cream. We kind of stocked up the other day and tried a bunch of different flavors and yeah my new favorite treat is um dairy-free ice cream so i do like the coconut milk ones right now i have one in the freezer that's um chocolate and salted caramel but i'm not a big ice cream person it's like too cold for my mouth and it's so soft i just don't like it that much i never i know that some people crave ice cream and it's like their favorite food i get it you're allowed to think that but I'm more of like a salty person. So something that's been making me actually like crave and love ice cream is I take some kettle corn that's like kind of salty, kind of sweet, right? And I love popcorn. We all know that. I take a little scoop of ice cream. I put three pieces of kettle corn on top. Not two because it's too creamy. Not per, four because it's too bite. crunchy. Three per bite. And then you eat it and it's crunchy. It's salty. It's sweet. It's creamy. It's so good so you just said something that i don't agree with you said that ice cream and this special kind of ice cream is your new favorite treat i disagree because over the past month i would say that kettle corn has been your new favorite treat and i have proof for this i just said kettle corn with ice cream yes but you also said kettle corn was it's your, elevated ice cream was your new favorite treat so no this combo oh the combo Okay, sure. That's allowed. Argument shot down. That's allowed? Okay. I was just going to say that I think it's kettle corn because everywhere I look, kettle corn is there. I get into bed and there's kettle corn under my pillow. So I get on that's the couch a lie. and there's kettle corn under my pillow. That's true. I get in the car and there's kettle corn in the creases of the car. That's true. I sat down on the toilet yesterday and there was kettle corn on the toilet seat. That's not true. <laughs> yes, it was. No. <laughs> Yep, How? Was. Did I it fall out of my pants? No idea. That's disgusting and also amazing. So, <laughs> speaking of kettle corn, I do love it. And Costco sells the big-ass bags of it. So, I haven't been working for a hot minute. And my new job, there's like a lag. We all know this. There's a lag between when you start and when you actually get paid. Mama is dying for her first paycheck, which is still weeks away. But I've been loading up my virtual Costco cart because I have the app and it like keeps stuff in your cart until you actually buy it. So I've been loading up, you guys, and I am going to go apeshit at Costco when I get paid. I'm probably going to get three bags of giant kettle corn that's bigger than my head. I'm going to get chips. I'm going to get Eric bacon. We're going to get eggs. We're going to get bananas. We're going to get toilet paper. We're going to get everything I can find that I want is going in the cart. All right, I'm down. I'm so proud of you. I think I'm really happy that you got this new job and it's hard like you said, but to see how like motivated you are to defeat this new challenge and the fact that you're like I'm going to study extra, I'm going to work extra hard. It's just so cool. Thanks. It's such a new world, new environment. It, it's when you left your old job, we had a conversation and we're like literally you can do whatever you want. You can you've applied for jobs you never thought you'd apply for. I remember you interviewed for a janitor at one point just to see what it was all about. and I was desperate. There's so many cool things that you can do, and you landed on this one, and 
even though it's hard, you're busting your butt and you're working so hard to be the best that you can be and to learn this new challenge. It's, it's really pretty cool. cool. I'm really happy with it, and I know that it's going to be months and months of hard work and lots of learning, but I feel like it's my forever job. I feel like it goes with what I went to school for, um, health and nutrition. I feel like it is building off of all my previous job experience. It's working with public health and California policy and helping people with benefits and getting them the resources that they need and the help that they need when they're struggling and when they're down and out. And I've always told Eric that I, I don't really care what job I do, Um, Some people are very into like their job title, like Eric always knew he wanted to be an engineer and he is an engineer and he'll always be an engineer. I've never been like that or like my mom, she's an awesome teacher and she's always been a teacher. Um, But for me, I just had one, I guess, rule or requirement that I just like to help people. Um, And so all my jobs have been jobs where I'm helping people. Uh, mentally or physically or spiritually and it's been so awesome to have these jobs that work with the public and just bless people in different ways so this is a new way to help people that I've never done before and it's awesome and it's hard and um, it's perfect so anyways we always talk about what we are drinking at the beginning of the podcast which we did not do today so I just wanted to do a quick mention because we always talk about how much I love sparkling water I found my new favorite flavor and I know I know I've said that before on the podcast, but this is real, you guys. This flavor is life-changing, okay? It's bubbly water. We all know bubbly, the sparkling water brand, but the bubbly watermelon is so good. And I've had a lot of watermelon sparkling waters. This is the best. Is it bubbly or buble? It's bubbly. Have you ever seen the commercial? Yeah. I think it's buble. But anyways... Is it actually the flavor of the water that you like or just the color of the can? Because I really like the color of the can. No, the flavor, it's like legit watermelon. Not, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but you just got to get it. It'll change your life. It's good. I agree. I think it's the best one I've ever had too. Okay. That's all I got. I'm drinking Nebulosity. It is a hazy IPA from the Moxa Brewery in Rockland, California pretty cool we went up there this weekend and really enjoyed ourselves and got some good beers yep and i think it's the best ipa i've ever had in my life which is a pretty bold statement whoa that's a very bold statement so right now we're both drinking the best of the best well guys i hope you have a good week i hope i didn't bum you out too much but we just gotta keep it real and honestly i think that when you're honest about what's bothering you and what you're struggling with It's crazy how many people come out of the woodwork and say, oh my god, me too. So, you know what? Here I am. If it helped you or encouraged you in any way or you felt less alone today, that was the goal. Even if you just learned about a new sparkling water flavor that you're going to have in your life now, it was worth it. You're welcome. So go crack a beer and listen to the rest of the podcast. Maybe jump back, listen to a couple more. You never know what you're going to learn. If you haven't already, make sure that you like our Instagram page, Griffin Unfiltered Podcast, and please subscribe to our podcast so you'll get notified every week when our new episodes drop, and make sure you leave us a review because it helps our podcast, and we appreciate you so much. We love your ears. Thank you, ears, for listening. Thank you, ears. Have a good night. Bye.